Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones Bowden He's got it England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match Well, I just thought I'd play you the final ball of that epic England victory in Hyderabad the other day. 28-run victory and Tom Hartley taking the seventh wicket in that innings. Amazing performance. Wasn't quite as good today, but welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket with me, Simon Hughes. And me, Simon Mann. And it was the day for the youngsters, I suppose, today, Simon. The brilliant, effervescent, scintillating 100 by... 22-year-old Yashasvi Jaiswal for India, and not much else, actually, from their batters apart from him. And a debut and a memorable debut with two wickets for Shoaib Bashir, just 20 for England. Incredible, isn't it? It's just his seventh first-class game, and he's playing a test match in, Indi- in India for England. Incredible. And he, and he actually did pretty well, I thought. Overall, how do you see the game? Well, it, whose day was it? I think I, if if I were an England player, I would love to be 336 for six. I I would love to won the toss and score 336 for six on the first day. If you know if that were England, so okay, India did lose a few wickets, fritter a few wickets away uh, towards the end, but it does look as though they're going to get 400 in their first innings. The ball is spinning. Not as much as it did on the first day of the last Test match. There is some bounce there. India have got Kuldeep Yadav. I think the strongest suit for India in this Test match is their bowling. And I think England's strongest suit is their batting. So today we had sort of the two weaker suits up against each other. I'm discounting Jaiswal, of course, because he's just uh, magnificent. And that was a magnificent innings. So I think India are sort of ahead. But I, you know, you wouldn't rule it this England side out going out there and smacking it around and and getting some sort of parity in their first things. But I think England are going to have to bat really well in this game if they're going to pull off something similar uh, to Hyderabad. I'm not ruling them out, but I, I think I'd rather be in India's position after the first day. Hmm, interesting. I, I'm not sure I agree with that. I, I, I think 336 is an okay score, but I, I'm not sure they will get 400. They haven't got much else left. If Ashwin gets out, 
they haven't got a lot of batting to come, really. And England managed to keep control. I mean, Anderson, outstanding, you know, exceptional fast bowling, as you've come to expect, and delivering uh, 19, 17 overs and only conceding less than two and over and asking questions all the time. And I feel there is... I agree with you, the pitch was starting to just offer something to the bowlers. But I think if batsmen get on top, I mean, Giswell's 179 not out and hasn't given a chance. I mean, there's been one or two slightly skewed shots, but in the main, he's looked pretty certain and and convincing and, and actually you know, incredibly uh, entertaining as well. But I think there are plenty of runs to be had there, especially if England play, as we've become accustomed to in that uh, aggressive, positive way. So, I don't know, I can see England getting a lead. Uh, uh, if, if they've obviously got a bat well, and India will seriously miss Jadeja with the ball. Obviously, they've got Ashwin to hold one end up, but you know their, their attack isn't actually that potent, apart from Ashwin and Bumrah. You know, got two or three slightly lesser-known uh, bowlers in their attack. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you that, you know, 336 is an OK score, but I can see England getting 450. Potentially, mm. well, it's not. It's not a devastating score from India. I mean, when they batted first, and you know, one stage at T, what were they, one hundred and seventy-five for two, and you think, well, you know, possibly four fifty, five hundred, something like that. And of course, that's what you you look to do. But they've still got those runs in the bank. England are going to have to bat last, and I think it's just a decent Indian attack. They've got you know, they've got Bumrah and Ashwin, and they've got Kuldeep Yadav, and they've got Achyuth Patel. They've got three great spinning, really good spinning options, and they've got two good uh, pace bowling options as well. So they're you know they're pretty well covered on a surface that, as, as you say, is, is beginning to offer. I agree with you that if England were able to wrap up the innings quite quickly, then yeah, that you, you'd feel that might just sort of nose them ahead. You know, you, you, yeah, India got to get four hundred or. You know, close to 400 something like that you know to put the pressure on but you know that runs in the bank yeah, yeah. And England got yeah, about true. last you know and we saw in the last game how, how tricky it can be to about last I mean India got a huge lead in that first last test match and England was still able to create some pressure on that you know on that final day as it turned out you know that final day you know the fourth day of the game so yeah it's, it's a lot to play for it's mm. an interesting day actually wasn't it I think it's one of, it's one of those days where you know we can have a debate about Who's in the in the ascendancy? Whose day it was? Where this Test match is going to go? And I think you know you have to be relatively cautious with England because you just don't quite know uh, what they're going to come up with. You know they might have a devastating day, but they might all just fall in a heap. You know they 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 definitely got a you know two hundred and twenty yeah. all out in them. And that, that's they? the you know the beauty and the fascination of Test cricket, and it's been uh, the talking point you know all week really with both those dramatic Test matches, both the one in uh, Hyderabad and also the one in Brisbane. Uh, you know, being lots of ebbs and flows and unexpected uh, outcomes and so on. And, you know, it's because of that five-day evolution and the changing in the, the conditions as well, uh, sort of taxing players and asking different questions over a period of four or five days. That's what is the fascination. That's the thing we treasure so much about Test cricket. You say you don't know what to expect from England. I think you expect the unexpected now from England, don't you? And uh, not least... The selection in this test match of Shoaib Bashir in just his seventh first-class game. Quite an interesting background he's had, hasn't he? Uh, he was actually in the Surrey uh, youth system for a while. He comes from Chertsey. And I had a message today from the coach of the Rajasthan Royals Academy, which is based at Reed School in Surrey. 
Um, he's a guy called Sid Lahiri, who's a very seasoned coach and has worked with lots of people. In fact, he worked with Ollie Pope as well when Ollie Pope was about eight or nine uh, down at the, the Royals uh, Academy, which was then at Parkside School, but now it's at Reed's, Reed's School in, in Surrey. And uh, this is from Shoeb, actually, who says th th this was a message he sent uh, uh, recently saying, I've been training with Sid in the Rajasthan Rawls Academy since I was 11 and the coaches have been excellent. They've helped my game to excel in all departments, especially my batting. So we've got that to, to come, obviously, where Sid always encouraged me to adopt a fearless approach. He always told me not to worry about results and enjoy playing the game. One of my highlights of training at the RR Academy is meeting and talking to the great Shane Warne on the art of spin bowling. I was lucky enough to bowl a few balls while he was watching and he gave me a few valuable tips. So that was a little bit of, a, of, a, of an excitement for Shoeb when he was probably about 13 or 14. Uh, now 20, six games for, for Somerset last year in first-class cricket, one five-wicket haul, and generally, you know, just so much naivety, and yet, well, potential naivety, and yet I thought he handled himself really well today. I thought he had a nice, smooth action. He's obviously got good height. Uh, he's got good position at the crease. He's got a nice high arm. It's not beyond the perpendicular, which is good, which means he can get a bit of curve away from the right-hander as well as spinning it back in if he wants to. And I just thought he held himself together. Well, he's got good change of pace because of the long levers and uh, and, and, it, and I think a bit of bowling now. He's able to change his pace without much change of uh, speed of arm. Uh, it just it all happens at the last second. And so he bowled a few slower ones and a few quicker ones and kept a pretty good line in the main. Um, and I, I thought did well. Of course, got an amazing first test wicket. Rohit Sharma caught at leg slip. Wow, what a start getting the Indian captain out, who's a you know fantastic player of spin, and then getting a second wicket later. So, you know, a wonderful day for him. We can talk about Jaiswal in a bit, but I thought Bashir did really well, actually. Well, good on him. I, I remember seeing him, you know, seeing his name and, and, and watching him a bit on the stream. Because I was in, you know, when you see a young spinner uh, or you, you hear about a young spinner, you think, I, I go and watch him, see what he's got. And I, I watched him bowl on, on the Somerset stream and I immediately got in touch with Vic Marks and said, yeah, that, that, yeah he's got something about him, hasn't he? Vic, Vic agreed. I don't think even he would have, you know, as a sort of pro Somerset man, would have thought that, you know, Bashir would be pushed straight into the England side for, well, I mean, he's, he's basically played his first opportunity, hasn't he? Because he wasn't available for the first Test match. And what an incredible two weeks he's had. You know, not even in the country at the start of the last Test match because he couldn't get his visa. Jack Leach gets injured. Another Somerset uh, bowler gets injured. And he, he's straight in there. And England, I mean, a really weird attack that they're playing, aren't they? With the massive experience of Jimmy Anderson and basically not much else. And you, and you also talked about that link between Bashir and Shane Warne. Of course, Rayan Ahmed has got that link with Shane Warne as well. Warne watched him bowl at a young age and said, yeah, this guy's definitely got something. And yeah, he did, he did pretty well today, didn't he? he did a couple of mishaps in the field where he allowed one ball to go through his legs and there was another fumble that allowed a, a single. But, you know, a couple of wickets. And he, we, we said in the last game that Joe Root was probably England's best spinner uh, uh, consistently in that sort of first innings at Hyderabad. Well, Root didn't have a great day today, but the others sort of made up for it. I mean, it was, it was a, a difficult day for England's young spin attack, wasn't it? You lose the toss on what I thought was actually a far more traditional Indian pitch, you know, quite quite flat, wasn't it? Decent for batting. He's a little bit there and a bit more as the day 
went on but essentially it was a good batting surface wasn't it and yeah that is that is tough you've got one pace bowler and then some young spinners and you know good luck to them you know get on with that basically isn't it as far as the you know the captain's concerned and I suppose you know you'd say they they, they've come through it reasonably well they're not that you know they're still in the game 333 for six India haven't quite made the most of it even though you know those runs are in the bank yeah I mean England chipped away at one end with with wickets didn't they some Slightly lazy batting, I think, mm. by the Indians. Rohit Sharma to start with. I thought he looked tentative and, you know, not his normal fluent self. He was ponderous, but spent 40-odd balls on 14, which is really quite uncharacteristic. And it seems he seems like he's not really flourishing at the moment. He feels, he seems burdened almost. And he sort of poked a fairly tame catch off Bashir to... Leg Gully, where Ollie Pope took a, a, a good catch. Shubman Gill, again flattered to deceive, looked absolutely at ease and then played a lazy shot at Anderson, bowling some straight-on delivery, sort of trying to reverse a ball into the stumps and then just hanging one a tiny bit outside off. And he'd already had a couple of thick edges through the slips, then edged another one to, to Ben Folks. Good catch, diving to his right. Two players under pressure, Rohit Sharma and, and Shubman Gill. Rohit, after the World Cup, they expected to win, it didn't. Into this test series, you know, lost the first test. They lost a test match in South Africa as well. You know, inevitably the focus is on the captain, isn't it? When India not going particularly well, few players missing. And Shubman Gill, you know, huge promise, massive talent, but hasn't been able to produce it in, in test match cricket. And yeah, Anderson sorted him out. Yeah, and, and interesting, you row it, 40-odd balls at the wicket, no, no boundaries. Well, that's odd, isn't it? That, that does tell you something, really. That he feels almost sort of a bit kind of claustrophobic, perhaps, in the way that he's batting at the moment. Um, then we had uh, Shreyas Iyer, who is quite a sort of, he's not a neat, quite attractive looking player, but I don't feel he really suggests permanence. And he's, he was sort of mucking around with his footwork quite a bit, trying to step away outside leg to Tom Hartley. Tom Hartley would have bought his delivery and then go back and start again. And Shreyas I was trying to assert himself but failed. Actually, he was out to an excellent catch by Ben Folks, looking to cut. The ball kept a bit low. Bottom edge, very good catch because it could easily have gone either ricocheting off the keeper's pads or gone through his legs or something. But he stayed low and the ball just nestled in the bottom of his gloves. And that was a really good catch and total justification for having uh, a keeper of, of such quality as him. So Padidar, then the, the debutant, played pretty well, looked quite smooth at the crease. Then he played on to Rayan Ahmed. It was a ball that just bounced a little bit, got a, a sort of high up the bat, trickled back towards the stumps. And he wasn't quick enough to kick it away. And then two rather lazy shots by uh, the late, the, the next two players, Axa Patel and the wicketkeeper Barat, both looking to cut and just spooning balls to backward point. Um, so you know that they were real gimme wickets at the end of the day. All, all, well, all three of those really. So, with but for the brilliance of Jashasvi Jaiswell, India would be in a right pickle. As it is, they've got 336 for six. One man, 179 not out. The other end, 157 for six. 
Yeah, extraordinary day, really. I mean, you often, I mean, Pope dominated England's second innings in the last Test match, didn't he? With that that brilliant uh, 196. You know, when you get in, you got to make the most of it, and and Jaiswal did today. Interesting, isn't it? You mentioned Patidar there. I mean, he's been in good form. He's got a good first class record. Making his debut for India as a batter at the age of 30. I suppose it's quite tough to get in, isn't it? Really, that, that's that's the problem. You know that it's, at times in that middle order, you got. I mean, he's playing. I mean, Kohli's out, of course, and Kale Rahul is is out, and there's been Pajari. You know, it's a bit. He's probably a bit bunged up there in that middle order before. 30 years of age, making his debut. I mean, Mike Hussey, of course, he made his debut for Australia in his 30s. And at one point, you know, he was averaging about 80, I think, in Test cricket. I mean, obviously, experience is very valuable. But I, I suppose for somebody like him, he wonders if he's on borrowed time a bit with Coley going to come back for the third Test. And how long are you going to have? So it's it's a chance. It's, it's a lovely opportunity for someone, but I, I guess it's going to be fairly short-lived. So, of course, you can watch each day of this test series on TNT Sports, which is also the exclusive home of the UEFA Champions League, Europa League and Europa Conference League, as well as showing Premier League football and rugby, MotoGP, boxing, UFC, NBA and WWE. There's a big smackdown this Saturday, if that uh, catches your eye. Well, you, you'd have also been wanting to catch up with your two teams on, on Wednesday night, yours, didn't you? We're, t- we're Tottenham pl- against Brentford. Spurs v Brentford. Yeah, you can't Spurs lose. Brentford. When you've when you got your lose. two teams playing, you can't lose, can you? Um, uh, I'm like, but I did, because I forgot to look up the game and watch it. What, so what was the score? What sort of supporter are you? Spurs won 3-2. It's actually an excellent game. And there was another excellent game on TNT Sports last night. Wolves against Manchester United. Extraordinary game with Wolves coming from 3-1 down to level up at 3-all and then Manchester United scoring a, a very late uh, winner. Yeah, a, a dramatic evening. But I'm, well, I'm glad to see you were glued to the, the your two teams playing. Spurs against uh, uh, Brentford, yours. Look, I've got to have a life, mate. You know, sometimes I can't just stick around watching football. The trouble is you've got to watch cricket all day, so I can't watch football as well. Anyway, you can stream TNT Sports on Discovery Plus or watch TNT Sports channels on EE, Sky and Virgin Media. A subscription is required. Age 18 plus. TNCs apply. After the break, we're going to talk about this new wonder kid from India, Yashasvi Jaiswal. Right, so let's talk a bit more about Jaisal. Now, Yoz, we talk about Basball and England's attacking approach. He would be, would he not, a, a perfect player for a, a Brendan McCullum, Ben Stokes, England side? I mean, he he fits the mould, doesn't he? Uh, you, you think of more traditional Indian players. I mean, Rohit Sharma, fine player. Virat Kohli, you know, an absolute champion uh, during his career. But J- Jaiswell's got a bit of that about him. Hasn't he? He's got a bit of the, the Basball style. And he's always had it, you know, because I know a bit about his background and we've talked about him a bit before on this show because I know the man who coached him, the man who spotted him uh, when he came down from Uttar Pradesh where he's brought up in a small city in Uttar Pradesh and he came to Mumbai to sort of make his fortune, if you like, to try and find himself as a cricketer and he hung out with the groundsman, lived in the groundsman's hut at the Madan in the middle of Mumbai and played as many matches as he could. And the Rajasthan Royals gave him a trial when he was 17. Didn't know anything much about him, but had seen him play. Zubin Baracha, their sort of head of recruitment and, and their sort of leading 
cricket advisor was on hand and he recalls this trial game where Gileswell was put into open and knew no one and didn't know the opening bowler and the first ball of this trial game for the Rajasthan Royals to be part of you know the academy at least uh, he walked straight across his stumps and ramped this bowler from Nepal over the keeper's head for four and then backed away and smeared the next one from on the stumps through extra cover so he had that sort of basball intent right from the start. And, you know, it's fascinating, isn't it, to, to see. I mean, age 22, he's already played six tests. He's made 200s. Look at his first-class record. You know, ne never mind that sort of expansive style of, of, of batting. He averages 70 in first-class cricket. And I've also worked out that he's scored in his first-class career, including today, 179 not out, he's scored 1,100s. In 36 first-class innings, because, of course, test cricket counts as first-class, so it's all um, amalgamated together. That means he scores a century every 3.2 first-class innings. And the only person I've ever heard of who scored their hundreds at less than one in every three innings is Don Bradman. Don Bradman scored his hundreds at every 2.8 first-class innings. And Sachin Tendulkar, for example, for by comparison, he scored 81 hundreds in 490 innings, and that's a hundred every 6.2 innings. So that compares with Giles every 3.1. Obviously, it's early days. He's only 22. He's going to do well to sustain it. But it's an incredible story, really. And, you know, actually watching him back today, left-hander, reminded me a little bit of Brian Lara, because... He just, he's got this beautiful bat swing. And when he wants to attack, you can see everything kind of, the, 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 the bat goes straight back up towards the sky like a periscope, which is exactly what Lara used to do. And he sort of almost pins his ears back. And every bit of his body is committed to attacking that ball. It's almost not quite throwing the kitchen sink at it because he doesn't throw himself off balance. He still has beautiful balance, but the upper part of his body has this incredible flow and expansive follow through to make sure that you know he's fully committed to that shot. And some of his offside driving was just exquisite. Yeah, I was going to mention his, his offside driving because sometimes he, he's not hitting the ball. It's not like full half volleys or anything like that. He's, he plays a sort of wristy... It's almost cut drive, doesn't he, through the offside? He uses wrists really well, and I, I think that's one of the, the features of his batting. I mean, there's an element of risk in it, of course there is, because you you can you can nick off if you get it wrong. And of course, the other thing as well is you know he's perfectly happy to plonk you back over his over your head early on. So he's he's coming at you, isn't it? That's that's the point. I mean, hit root for two fours in in roots first over root opening the bowling today so sort of, you know the pressure's back on the bowler straight away I mean you could argue I mean root was like, oh there's one that it was in the air through cover the, the first boundary he struck you do feel he gives the bowler a bit a bit of a chance but you know when, when it's his day oh goodness me and it was today it, it's scintillating to watch it was a it was a fantastic innings you you mentioned that there were there were a couple of flirty shots there was one root at slip when he was on 73 that root got a finger on and it's one of those that you dive away to your left you you know, if it's your day, you catch it, don't you? You, you scoop it up and it, it comes up in your hand. But it was Jaiswell's day today. And, that, yeah, there's a lovely sort of balance about him. And that that willingness to take the game on, to take the game uh, to the bowlers and try to put them under pressure. Yeah, and yet also, 
an insatiability as well, which obviously the great run makers have all had. You know, Tendul, Kadravid, Ponting, they hate watching anyone else make their runs. Alistair Cook, Graham Gooch, you know, they all want to bat and bat and bat and never give it away. But he does that with with an element of enterprise as well. And interestingly, Zubin, the man I was mentioning earlier, who's been his sort of mentor and coach through the last four or five years or, or longer at, at Radisson Royals, he said actually that he's an amazing player. He loves him to bits. He says injuries will be his biggest issue, massive amounts of malnutrition growing up because he comes from a fairly poor family in the centre of Uttar Pradesh. I think his father was a shopkeeper or something. And he he didn't, you know, the kids of that area, you know, they eat enough food, but it's not necessarily protein uh, focused. And actually, you could see him tonight, the last few balls, he was struggling a bit with a couple of little injuries. And of course, that is, I mean, you know, you have to be especially playing all formats, as he does, you know, fitness is, is is a big aspect. The lots of players, well, you know, Coley's had his issues, hasn't he, in the past. So uh, that's interesting. At 22, you know, that he's got to work on his fitness. But there's no doubt about his skill. Well, he batted all day today, which is not a, a you know, that's, that's no slouch, is it, to do that you know, on the, the first day and in warm conditions in Visa Patnam. And he is the reason why India have those, those runs in the bank on the first day. Let's move on, Yoz. Uh, something remarkable happened today. Absolutely astonishing. Do you know what it was? Uh, you didn't wear shorts. <laughs> and I've got my shorts on at the moment. England's overrate. They bowled 93 overs in the day. They bowled 31 overs in the morning session. We talked about this in the last uh, test match. And you've uh, worked out that already in the World Test Championship, England have lost 19 points to a slow overrate. Well, that's not going to happen in this test match. And you think, I just wonder, I don't know whether, the, it might be just one of those things. I mean, you, you should be able to bowl 90 overs when you've got spinners on. In fact, you should be able to bowl more. But I, I wonder whether they suddenly thought, hold on a second, we've beaten Australia twice, we've beaten India. If we were to do well in this series and say, take India down, this is, we've got a pretty good chance of making the World Test Championship final, but we can't afford to lose any more uh, points to are you know overrate deductions so i don't know it, it may just be a coincidence i mean, you just, I mean you, you, the fact they had all those spinners today you should better get through but it, they didn't in the last uh test match did they as one day when they bowled 87 of their 90 overs despite bowling you know spin all day but yeah, yeah. plus three overs today yeah and, and i suppose you know a few reasons obviously england have realized they need a bit more urgency it's always a problem when you've got a captain who likes tinkering with the field. Ben Stokes' is great hallmark is his uh, imagination with field settings and, and trying to apply pressure in different ways on the batsman. And uh, so at times there is a bit of time where, especially if you've got left-hand, right-hander in, changing the field round, um, uh, which does cause delays. But it's silly if you're winning games and being deducted points. I think they've realised that. And... Stokes, what an incredible record he has, by the way. You know, it came up on screen today. Played 20 as captain, won 14 overall, uh, which is a 70% win record, which is, you know, as as good as anyone in the history of English cricket who's captained 20 times or more. So, fantastic. And, you know, one of his great strengths is, is that understanding of how to keep a batsman under pressure, even with a fairly naive attack, and so throughout the day, 
he kept the field in, didn't he? He only had a couple of boundary men out at any point and just went, told about when Go on then, have a go, go for it. And a couple of them got caught backward point rather than hitting it over the top in the first test, which is how a couple of them perished in that game. But it, it's always just not letting the batsman get easy runs by just you know hitting a couple over the top and then pushing the fielders back and he can just they can just knock it around. He's 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 got that ability to sort of make batsmen feel that they're enclosed and that he's always sort of one step ahead. And that's as much as anything can cause mistakes and errors and therefore bring about wickets. Mm. I mean, I felt at times he did have the field back, especially for for Jaiswal. Jaiswal was driving it ball down the ground, a bit like a, it's a one-day international at times. And I don't know whether that had that was off Bashir. I don't know whether Graham Swan's influence came into play there, because Graham Swan always used to say, "I like to have that man back on the long off boundary because I didn't want to be." hit back over my head if, if a player came down the pitch and drove me and just got a single I was happy with that I didn't want him driving and, and hitting me for four and I know Graham has been you know involved with the the England party they were weren't they before uh, in the lead up to this series in that that Lions camp before Christmas out in the UAE he was he was part of that and so I don't know whether that's some of his thinking has has come to bear there on on, on Shoah Bashir who, who definitely had men back for uh, Jaiswal, who was, who was, yeah. At times there were a lot of singles. They were knocking it around and, and building the score. We shouldn't um, end this podcast, Yoz, without mentioning James Anderson. I mean, his figures today: seventeen overs, three maidens, one for thirty. He doesn't even give you his his toenail clippings, does he? He doesn't even give you the dandruff off his scalp. Uh, he, he don't want to give you anything. He's got a fancy uh, new whatsoever. haircut now. He's got, no, he some, has, yeah. he's got highlights yeah. in his hair. How he, would you he, look with some highlights? Yours, do you think? <laughs> I'd love some, actually. I'd love some. <laughs> How much do they cost? Um, the, uh, to just splash a bit of paint on my head might be the best thing to do. Um, he's now broken the record for most maidens by an opposing bowler in India. 78 maidens he's bowled in his career in India. Also... A brilliant bit of fielding, by the way. Nearly brought about a run out. Diving stop at extra cover, got into intercepted the ball and hurled it back at the stumps, and a direct hit would have caused a run out. So he's just incredible, isn't he? He's he's ageless. It's amazing. Yeah, astonishing. I can't I can't believe he's he's still on the field. At, you know, at the age of forty one and propelling the ball down. At, you know, at decent speeds as well. And there's one on the speed gun today that was, I think it was, it was either 137 kilometres an hour or 139. Actually, well, yeah, 139 is, you know, it's smart, isn't it? I mean, it's it's, it's getting it through. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's getting it through. You know, he's, I don't think either Rayan Ahmed or Shoaib Bashir were born when he made his test debut. Just think about that. Yeah. Well, it's incredible that he's still playing. Okay, Yoz, I think we should wrap up. And just, okay, where where are we with this match? We only had one day. I think you know after the last Test match, you you got to be a bit wary about how things are going kind of uh, progress. Uh, there was one um, there was one listener who said uh, I've been listening back to the podcast for the first two days and having a right chuckle at my you know at what you know some of the things that we were saying. But I think that just shows how incredible that turnaround was. I mean, it was a once in a generation turnaround in that first test match you know we go back to heading in 1981 it was of that magnitude really um and, and that's why i i think you've got to be a bit cautious about the position that india straight england are in, in in this game you know 336 for six okay it's not the best day that india could have had but they you know they've got those runs get 400 i think they've got a, 
a reasonable attack, yeah, England are going to have to play well. And also the other thing worth bearing in mind as well, if actually Patel had caught Ollie Pope on 110 like he should have done in that last Test match, we wouldn't be talking in this way. I mean, India would have won that game you know, relatively comfortably. OK, England would have tweaked their nose a bit with that um, second innings effort but you know they would not got, not got in the position that they, they got into to, to win the game and it was a fairly straightforward catch that you'd expect Acha Patel to take what nine times out of ten or 19 times out of 20 so you know I, I know it's ifs and buts it always is in, in sports so I, I don't think we should get, I don't think you know get too carried away but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's another really interesting game yeah I, I mean who'd be a prophet in this business as David Vine famously said, just when he was com- complimenting a skier for his brilliant poise going down the hill and then he fell over. So it, yeah. it, 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 it's a very difficult one to call. Uh, it's, it's probably even Stevens at the moment. But if England can get those last four wickets quickly, they could get a lead. But as you pointed out, the Indian spinners, uh, well, the Indian attack overall is going to be pretty hard to, to deal with on this pitch potentially. Well, I always like to just have a quick uh, look at the uh, betting exchanges, not because I'm going to have a, a gamble. I just like to see how people are thinking you know, about it, where the money is. And India are actually three to one on and England are around about five and a half to one, five, six to one. So, you know, that gives you an indication about where people feel this this game is going I know there's a sort of you know there's a lot of stats involved in that and and sometimes this England side seem to sort of blow those stats out of the water don't they with the, the way they play they do really unexpected and and daring things but yeah for, I don't know I think for me I don't think England, I don't think India despite not having a great day I think they're in a reasonable position in this test match of course if England knocked over the last four for 10 tomorrow morning or 15 tomorrow morning then that changes it a bit but you know I'd be surprised if they don't get up to 400 something like that in their their first innings and you know you're you're in the game in a test match with that sort of score yeah and you can't either underestimate the uh, importance of a brilliant innings like Giswell's innings in the same way as Ollie Pope really uh, won that match for England in the first test by that enormous 196 uh, a player of Giswell's skill and scintillating ability to make 179 not out with more to come, you sort of think, well, that's made a pretty big statement. Anyway, you can watch it all from 4am tomorrow on TNT Sports and we'll be back after play to review the second day's play. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.